Hey, hey, thank you for tuning in wherever you're from. This is Moments with Ndero podcast, a space where you will be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. So let's dive into this week's conversation. Today's guest is an award-winning family law and divorce attorney who is taking the legal world by storm with her innovative and educational approach to challenging and high-profile family law, surrogacy, fertility, and divorce cases. With a passion for human connection and experience, she is boldly taking on orders cases that lead to impressive and impactful results for her clients. She is highly driven and consistently pushes to be the best at anything she sets out to accomplish. Welcome onto the show, Elizabeth. Good morning or good evening where you are. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor to have you. So before we dig in deeper into this conversation, what three words would your friends or family use to describe you? Trailblazing, resilient, loving. I like that. So with the resiliency, as a young girl, were you one who faced challenges head on or how did you learn to become resilient? I am the youngest of three and the age difference is significant. My brother is 10 years older than me. My sister is seven years older than me. So I think that alone, being the baby and having to make sure that my voice was heard and making sure that my candies and sweets weren't taken from me, that was something I learned early on to be bold and just fearless. Um, I am someone who is willing to try anything once and I analyze and think a lot. So I think keeping in mind with my personality and wanting to succeed, I recognize that success takes a lot of work. I'm willing to do it. And just having a good spirit and a kind heart and being resilient has really helped me. I like that. The combination of being resilient and having a kind heart and a loving heart. Sometimes when we want to be, you know, we want to push through and navigate through life's challenges, our hearts can become quite hardened. So how would you encourage someone to stay loving, to stay kind, even if they're going through challenges? It can be hard sometimes. Um, I think always having a spirit of gratitude helps you to keep your heart opened and to be kind because oftentimes challenges can bring us down to our deepest, lowest level. And it's very easy to either want to give up or to get mad at the world or to start a victim mentality. But I found that that never helps you. For sure, you've got to give yourself a few minutes to grieve and, you know, they say dust off your shoulders. But I think anyone going through a challenge needs to remember to be true to their inner self. And if you let that inner drive really work for itself, it will help you get through the challenge. And keeping your heart open is what really allows you to receive love um, from others, receive love from the universe, receive love generally, um, even starting with self-love. So I think that that outweighs the majority of challenges that we go through. And in my own life, when I have suffered from um, loss, death, setbacks, it's been important to reconnect with keeping a positive mindset and um, really just trying to draw into positivity as opposed to negativity and not being the victim. Yes, not being the victim and 
ensuring that you are open-minded through it all. So if you're able to share a challenge that you've overcome where you truly applied um, resiliency, um, do share. Early on in my practice, I'm um, starting my own business. It was a big change to move from getting a regular paycheck and being an employee to opening a business. Um, and on top of that, it was a challenge to just do all of the things and wear the many hats that entrepreneurs wear. It's a challenge that I love to accept. So as I was getting a bit comfortable, I would say in about year four or five, um, my mother used to serve as my director of operations. And I was fortunate to have her because she had a legal background. She'd recently retired. She was the only employee that I could have that would start working for uh, manicures and pedicures and salon visits in the beginning when I couldn't pay her. So I'd gotten used to that and she was excellent. For the record, I did pay her later as soon as I could afford to. But as I got used to that balance, she actually passed away suddenly. And it was very difficult. It was the loss of my best friend and my mother on a personal level, but it was also the loss of the person who was keeping down the administrative and the business part of my law firm and allowed me to practice law. We were growing, so we didn't have that many employees at that point. And I think the circumstances of which it occurred were traumatic. And that was a moment where I had a choice. It was, I was either going to allow the circumstances and the grief to break me and stop practicing and perhaps get a job or to really hone in on that inner strength and the resilience um, manner in which I was raised. And I, my goal really was to keep on shining and to keep on making her proud and to move forward. So that choice was to, of course, allow myself to grieve, but to keep on moving on. And just knowing that and having that inner strength is really what got me forward. And now I'm so excited to say that we have our 10 year anniversary and that memory really is what I can tap into to know that I can get through anything. Congratulations on your 10 year anniversary. Congrats. So there is a quote that you have here on your profile. Obstacles are mere stepping stones. I believe that within every challenge lies an undiscovered solution. Surrendering is never an option. By embracing perseverance, triumph becomes the ultimate reward, a testament to an indomitable spirit through relentless dedication. How did that quote come about? And how can someone look at life as what you've just shared here where surrendering is never an option? Everything is a learning experience. So it goes really into mindset. Um, when something doesn't go as planned, we all have a choice. You can accept what's happened to you or you can use that as an experience as an opportunity to make something happen for you. That's always been my choice. So that quote resonated um, with me early on because anything that has been perhaps a negative experience, I've chosen to sit and make it an opportunity for growth. And I think it's very important for all of us to be the authors of our own story and to create our next chapter. That's a mantra that we inspire at my firm at the Douglas Family Law Group that you get a chance to create the next chapter. We're working with families who things didn't go as planned clearly, but they have the choice now to accept that opportunity to create their next chapter. So for anyone going through struggles, yes, we're all human. There's always a period of grief. There's always a period of reestablishing or resetting. That's normal. But it's looking at those things that didn't happen at that moment, those stepping stones as opportunities to get you higher or closer to where you want to go. 
And I think that starts with your, the way your perception is of things or that mental mind shift. I like that, how you have said it's all about mindset. So you are approaching your 10-year anniversary. You're the leader of your team. How do you stay grounded as a woman in leadership? And how do you mentor other women around you? It's hard. Um, I love what I do. I love being a leader. I love having a team. As a female, we also have unique challenges um, in society. But I think it's about building community, being positive, making sure you have the right people around you. So you've got your community, your supporters, the people who you can be vulnerable and real with because it's hard to be an entrepreneur. It's challenging and rewarding, but you've got to have that community to speak to openly when things don't go well and just be free, be naked, be open with. Um, I think also giving back is super important too. So as you can mentor others and especially other young women trying to be entrepreneurs, I love meeting people like that. I love meeting inspirational people of all walks of life and just realizing that it's a small world and we have many more similarities than we do differences. So if you're willing to take a moment to listen to someone else's experience, you can learn something and then perhaps they can gain something from you too. And I love that positive exchange of ideas and emotion. With this 10-year anniversary, because I'm going to keep on mentioning it because it's a great achievement. With that in mind, what's one case that you have done or you're working through that you look at and you say, how did I win this case? How did I get to this end of victory? Well, I've been fortunate in the last 10 years to have some great cases and to really help some great families. But there is one case that makes me look back and smile. Um, lots of learning examples from it, <laughs> lots of warm and fuzzy moments. It's a particular case where my client then uh, was heavily involved in substance abuse. And when I transitioned practice to family law from commercial litigation, there was a different skill set involved because with family law, you have to get very close. It's a, more of a relationship-based representation. And you have to understand your client, know where they're coming from, but it's a no judgment zone. And you have to have a level of empathy that I don't know at the time that I had professionally. I had come from an environment where I was dealing with companies and keeping companies rich and a less personal space. So with this particular client, um, people who are experiencing substance, uh, substance abuse or they have an addiction, that's a special skill set. And I just couldn't understand initially why this person was making the choices that they were making and not putting their family first. Because in my mind, from that initial experience, it was, can't you see this? It's going to make you lose your children. Just, just do right. Stop doing this. Stop. Get rid of the addiction. What I had to do was go and seek out um, knowledge that I didn't have. So I went and I met with a substance abuse counselor and I asked him to really meet with me, give me lessons, give me the training to understand what my client's experiencing so I could lead them and help them represent them with a, from a place of empathy and understanding so that when I presented their story to the court, the court would also have empathy and understanding because my client wasn't someone who was um, just an addict. My client was a parent who had a disease that they needed to overcome so that they could be them, their best self. And from doing that, it really caused me to um, have more empathy, definitely a dose of humility, because I came into the space originally thinking, I'm an excellent litigator. I win trials. I can do this. But that wasn't the approach. The approach was understand your clients, why this disease is causing them to act this way, 
and see what they really want and how you can help them get there. So stepping back, being humble, being able to relate, getting advanced knowledge by taking the, the direction from the substance abuse counselor, um, the psychiatrist actually, who I met with for months to understand, really helped me. And at the end, it was also understanding that most people are trying to do the best that they can at any given time, but not everybody has the ability to perform as the masses might want to. Thank you. In so that much. case, I was happy because at the end, I was able to, thank you. I was able to really help my client, and we were able to find a resolution that was going to be a graduated um, type of approach to really help that person thrive and reconnect with their family. Um, it's someone who's continued to thrive all these years later, and we still keep in touch. And it felt good to make a difference and see them as a person, not just someone who has a problem and discard them as some of society might have done. That is such a powerful story where you, we, when we take the moment to see someone as a person and we are em empathetic with them and we just take the time to understand where they're coming from instead of just brushing them off and making the choices for them. Thank you so much for sharing that. So if your younger self was seated across you right now, what would you tell her? Uh, don't sweat the small stuff, for sure. I think um, I'm entrepreneurial by nature, I'm competitive by nature, and I tend to be a perfectionist. So that is stressful on yourself. So I would tell my younger self, don't sweat the small stuff. It's going to work out in the end. If you put in the work and the time and you take a moment to breathe, you get to a much better result. Um, I think that would have gotten rid of some gray hairs, maybe even some smile lines. But I'm again, I think everything that we experience gets us where we are today. I totally hear you. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just sleep. Wake up tomorrow. You'll feel much better. No need to stress. I totally yeah. relate with that. <laughs> yes. Tomorrow is always another day. And I think we forget that so much. You get a chance to restart. No matter who you are, what your position is, we've got 24 hours. The next day always comes. And I think we forget that when we're in the middle of something and you just think you've got to get everything perfect at that moment. You really don't. You get to reset. You get to reset. What's one thing that you're learning about yourself um, post-pandemic? Got to pivot. I'm learning that you always have to be able to pivot and pivot with grace because the pandemic, amongst many of the lessons that it taught me personally, I think it taught the whole world that things aren't always as we expect or we get used to. So again, you've got the choice. What are you going to do when you're shift, when you're forced with a change? No one wanted the pandemic. I certainly didn't want to go through the many things that happened during the pandemic, but we learned to adapt, we learned to pivot, and you learn to thrive that way. You know, it's so interesting. The word that has been really been playing in my space right now is pivot, pivot but you have added an extra touch to that pivot with grace because sometimes when we can pivot we can complain mumble grumble and just be an irritant to those who are around us so i appreciate you saying pivot with grace yeah that's what it is and that's what makes me smile because sometimes you know i have to remind myself have grace you want people to have grace with you remember you know everybody is a work in progress and when you have Grace, it makes things so much better. Yeah, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Don't overthink it. Do share what comes to mind. When do you feel the most in control? I think when I'm in my creative space or I'm strategizing, 
I like to have a moment to think clearly. And when I'm in that zone, I feel most in control of what the outcome's going to be, um, myself, my body, professionally, when I've got that free thinking um, brain space. So typically, I'm someone who gets up early and that time in the morning is perfect for me. I'm able to meditate, I'm able to work out, I'm able to think about what I want to accomplish. And that makes me feel most in control of the outcome of my day. I like that. What's your favorite movie? Oh, I don't know. There's so many. Um, you said think about the first thing. So the first thing that comes to mind is Beaches, uh, the original version with uh, Bette Midler. I saw that movie years ago. I love the story of friendship. I love the story of resilience, of strong women, of um, building community. In that movie, not only was there a lifelong friendship, but at the end, hopefully it's not a spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it, at the end, with the ability for um, Barbara Hershey's daughter uh, character to keep on and move, um, to raise a little girl was a big thing. And she was able to continue on her best friend's legacy with her daughter. And I think there, um, that character was a professional woman who didn't have a child. Suddenly now she's raising her deceased best friend's daughter. She had to pivot, but she continued that love and legacy on. And I just, that movie makes me cry every time, but it's a happy cry and I just really like it. On the thread of legacy, what does legacy mean to you and why is it important? <sighs> legacy to me means um, a continued endeavor to keep something going, uh, keep memory alive, keep efforts alive. So it's important because I think as a human race, the hard work that we all contribute to should be carried on. And it's memory, accomplishments, um, being someone who doesn't have children, I often think about my legacy, what will help that we'll move it on. So my community will do that. My family will do that. Hopefully the people who I touch and inspire will do that. And I just think it's just super important to recognize and memorialize all of our achievements and our struggles along the way. Thank you for sharing that. If you could interview a famous person, alive or passed away, who would you choose? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, Okay, I, I, I can think of Audrey Hepburn. I thought she was very inspirational, very interesting, um, great presence, strong female, um, and also Thurgood Marshall um, because of his perseverance and dominance in the legal space. So if I could have the two of them together for dinner or cocktails in an interview, that would be a great combination. It's interesting you've mentioned Audrey Hepburn, and I was just thinking about her just recently, you know, because I truly love her movies. And, and it's something yes. to truly um, admire about her where she, as you said, strong woman, was very intentional about the roles that she selected and she's left a mark upon this world. So how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as a strong female who persevered and also gave back. Um, I think it's very important to be intentional. I love that word. And I want to be remembered as someone who was intentional and thoughtful. So as we wind down this conversation, you give back to the community, you're mentoring those who are around you. Is there anything else that you want to share to someone who's listening or watching? To anyone who's listening or watching, I want to share that you should never give up. Um, if you speak to any successful person, the majority will tell you that they didn't get there overnight and it wasn't instantaneous. There weren't challenges and struggles. 
So if someone who's listening, who's having a challenge and wants to divert from their dream or they think they're not enough or good enough, I want them to rethink that. I want them to dig deep and to remember that there's always someone who you can learn from. There's always some conversation that will inspire you. And within you, if you believe in yourself and you have self-love and empathy and understanding, you can achieve what just takes a little bit of hard work and thought. Thank you for that. Earlier, you mentioned about your mom passing away. My condolences. And I'm sure you are all um, grieving positively and healing. But just thank you for sharing that um, story of your life. Thank you. So, dear listeners, I hope you have picked one or two things from this conversation. For me, it's pivot with grace. I know sometimes life's challenges can come our way and we don't want the change that comes with it. But when we pivot with grace, we are able to inspire others around us and we are able to move gracefully through life. So I wish that would happen for you too. So until the next episode, continue being brave.